what I see I'm not gonna live by how I feel Cause deep down I, I know that you're here with me And I know that you can do anything Yes you can It's you who gives me strength Nothing is impossible Through you Blind eyes are open Strongholds are broken I am living by faith Nothing is impossible Yeah, thank you Lord Yeah, we're not gonna live by what we see How we feel here we go. I'm not gonna live by what I see. I'm not gonna live by how I feel. Cause deep down I, I know that you're here with me. Yes, yes. And I know that you can do anything. Yeah. Cause it's you who gives me strength Come on Nothing is impossible Through you Blind eyes are open Strongholds are broken I am living by faith Nothing is impossible I believe, I believe I believe, I believe in you I believe, I believe I believe, I believe in you. I believe, I believe. Yes, we do. I believe, I believe in you. Yeah, I believe, I believe. I believe, I believe in you. Yes, we do. I believe, I believe in you. I believe, I believe. Cause it's you who gives me strength Nothing is impossible Through you Blind eyes are open Strongholds are broken I am living by faith Nothing is impossible I believe, I believe I believe, I believe in you I believe, I believe we do hallelujah bless your name today jesus we welcome you into this place today hallelujah we believe in you lord we believe in you today jesus we thank you for what you're going to do hallelujah
praise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief and I raise a hallelujah my weapon is a melody and I raise a hallelujah heaven comes to fight for me I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm louder and louder you're gonna hear my praises roar up from the ashes hope will arise death is defeated the king is alive yes he is i raise a hallelujah with everything with everything inside of me i raise a hallelujah when i'm gonna watch I will watch the darkness flee. I raise a hallelujah. Don't say fear. Fear you lost your hold on me. When I raise, I raise a hallelujah. Don't say fear, everybody. Fear you lost your hold on me. Yes, it has. And I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm Louder and louder, you're gonna hear my praises roar Up from the ashes, Come on, hopes rise. hope will arise Death is defeated, the King is alive Sing a little louder. 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 Everybody sing. Sing a little louder. In the presence of my enemies. Sing a little louder. Oh, 
Aren't you glad you've got a, a weapon today to fight the enemy? Amen. Hallelujah. Bless you today, Jesus. You're our way maker. You're our promise keeper today. We thank you for it, Father. Thank you, Lord. Bless your name this morning. We worship you, Lord. King of kings and Lord of lords. I worship you. I worship you. Oh, 
stops working for you.
may fall, I'll never let you go. Listen to those words. Listen to those words. Hang on a minute. Let's listen to those words for a minute. Jesus, lover of my soul. Jesus, lover of... Is he the lover of your soul? The lover of your soul. He's rescued you. He's your closest friend. I will worship you until the very end. And so Jesus... I'll never, never let you go. You've taken me, taken me from the miry clay. Set my feet, set my feet upon the rock. And now I know that I love you. I need you. My closest friend, I will worship you until the very end. And I love you, I need you, I need you. Though my world, though my world before, never let you go. Worship and I will worship you, Lord, lover of my soul. Jesus, come on, we'll never, never you've taken me, taken me 
the miry clay set my feet upon now I know so Father we thank you that you've called us for such a time as this you've set us upon a stable rock you are the rock hallelujah you are the rock for your presence, Father. Fill this place. Come on, fill this place with your glory today. Oh, we didn't come to have just another Sunday moment. We came to have an encounter with you today. Mm-hmm. We worship you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord, we worship you, and Lord, we worship you, and Lord, we worship you, and Lord, we worship you.
So 
clap of praise this morning. Hallelujah. Bless you, Father. Father, today we come and expectant people come today to just worship you, love on you, hear from you. We come today hungry. We come today thirsty. Not as beggars, God, but as sons and daughters. Father, we thank you for your presence today. Thank you for your love today. Father, as we move forward, God, we just thank you that you're going to continue to move by your spirit and by your power. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise one more time. You can take your seats for a moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's good to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen. This is your first time. Thank you so much for being a part of our service today. Those that are online, thank you again for watching um, today. A few announcements. Um, of course, we continue our community groups throughout the week. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. Monday is our ladies, Tuesday is our men, and then Thursday is our young adults. So get in on that. If you want information on that, you can visit our website, tgp.church forward slash groups. Amen. Um, we've got... Our glory nights coming up August the 16th through the 23rd, Sunday through a Sunday, each night at 6.30. And, um, um, and then during the day, we're going to have prayer at noon. And so it's going to be a good time in the Lord. If you weren't here last week and you missed the announcement with Jeff and I, uh, we're, we're planning a church in Beaumont. Um, our first service is October the 4th at the Elegante Hotel at 9 a.m. And so we We'll appreciate your prayers for that new plant over there in Beaumont. Nothing changes here. We're going to have service here at 1030. And so we'll just do, do it over there first and then come over here and have church over here. Amen. So we'd love for you, if you'd like to be a part of the team uh, that helps us with that, you can see Pastor Jeff uh, today or text us. Let us know you'll be a part of that. It's going to be a good, good, good time in Beaumont. Amen. Are you with us? I didn't hear you. I got a headset on. Are you with us? <laughs> Amen. And so it's going to be a good time. We're really excited about that. Amen. I want to give you an opportunity today to sow a seed today um, into the kingdom of the Lord. You have, um, if you need an offering envelope, Brother Scott has that. Just lift your hand and Brother Scott will give you an envelope today if you need one. Um, if you're giving by way of text message, you can give, uh, you can text the word give to 936-261-8142 and, um, you can give that way. That information will be there on the screen and on the screens at your home in just a moment. Um, thank you so much for uh, your giving, continuous support. We bless you in Jesus' name. How many of you know that um, God's a good God, and when he went on the cross, he took away poverty? Amen? And so you don't have to live broke. Hallelujah. You're a child of the king, and so you're rich. Everybody say, I'm rich. Yes, you are. We're going to pray over our offering. Father, we thank you so much that we're able to sow into your kingdom. We're not sowing to the gathering place. We're not sowing into a man. We're not. Uh, we're sowing into your kingdom, God, for such a time as this, so that your word, your presence can go forth to all the four corners of the earth and make an impact, not just in our community, but globally. Father, we thank you, Lord. You've given us a grace. You've given us the anointing to push for breakthrough for our personal lives and corporately and regionally. Father, we thank you that this is a house of your presence, a 
revival hub, a glory house, a house full of prayer. We thank you for each person here. We bless each person here. We thank you that their finances are blessed. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. If you'd like to uh, give, you can. The communication box in the back at the information desk has. You can put your offering envelope in there. If you have a prayer request, there's also prayer cards. You can fill that out and drop it in the box. And we would love to pray for you. Amen? Amen. We're going to teach you guys a new song today. I know we just got through worship and we're going to do it again. I said we're going to do it in heaven, so you might as well get used to it. <laughs> um, we're going to do a song called Graves in the Gardens today. And so you probably heard it on the radio. Elevation Church has done it. And it's just a great uh, declaration song. So we're going to do that today uh, to teach it and so we can start doing it here on regular on Sunday. Uh, can you mute me here? stand with me you can this is a good um, fast type song here let's see hallelujah all right you guys ready here we go Search the world, but it couldn't fill me. Never
Father, we honor you today, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh. Bless your name. You turn morning to dancing. You give beauty for ashes. Shame into glory. You're the only one who can. You turn graves, you turn graves into gardens. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the into gardens, you turn bones into armies, you turn seas into highways, you're the only one who can, you're the only one who can, you're the Aren't you glad that you didn't have to live a life in a grave? 
Come on. You didn't have to live a life in the grave. Amen. Are you there? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, you can be seated if you want to. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. He's a good father, ain't he? So, again, thank you so much for being here today. I know it's a sacrifice. I know many folks aren't ready to return uh, to church, and uh, we honor them as well. Thank you guys for being here. It means a lot to us. Amen? Amen. We want to welcome Pastor Peggy. She's going to bring the word today. We're excited about it. I know she's going to have a word from the Lord. And so I want you to sit on the edge of your seat and get ready to hear from the Lord. Amen. Are y'all ready? All right. Get your notes out. Get your phone out. Get whatever you take notes with. Hey, it's going to be good today. And so let's welcome Pastor Peggy. She comes this morning. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. Ma'am, could I set this box right here next to you so I can grab it in a minute? Thank you so much. I got props. <laughs> That's all right. Amen, amen, amen. Good morning. We're going to have great big verses here because I want you guys to really, really, really get what we're going to talk about today. Okay, let's, let's pray, okay? Father... In the name of Jesus, I take authority over the spirit of distraction right now. I bind that spirit and I render it powerless to operate this morning in Jesus' name. And Lord, I ask that you give each person here ears to hear and hearts to receive what you would have each of us receive from this message, Lord. And Lord, I ask for your anointing to be on me to share this message, Lord. I ask that you touch this message with your presence, dear God. Teach through me, dear God. And Lord, I ask that you release your power for money miracles and financial glory into this place, Lord, as your word goes forth. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Okay, I want to talk to you today about a supernatural event that I believe with all my heart is about to take place on the earth. And that event is what is often referred to as the end time wealth transfer. Now, there are several verses in the Bible that give us clues to this event. So let's look at a few of them right now. The first is out of James chapter 5, 1 through 4, and I'm reading out of the Amplified, and it reads like this. Come now, you wicked rich people, weep aloud and lament over the miseries, the woes that are surely coming upon you. Your abundant wealth has rotted and is ruined, and your many garments have become moth-eaten. Your gold and silver are completely rusted through, and their rust will be testimony against you. And it will devour your flesh as if it were fire. You have heaped together treasure for the last days. Okay, the next one is Proverbs 28, 8 out of the Passion. And it reads like this. Go ahead and get rich 
on the backs of the poor. But all the wealth you gather will one day be given to those who are kind to the needy. The next one is Ecclesiastes 2.26. And it reads, For to the person who pleases him, God gives wisdom and knowledge and joy. But to the sinner, he gives the work of gathering and heaping up that he may give to the one who pleases God. Now, the last one will be the one that we focus on today, and it's this, Proverbs 13, 22, which reads, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. And out of the Amplified Version, it reads like this, A good man leaves an inheritance of moral stability and goodness to his children's children, and the wealth of the sinner finds its way eventually into the hands of the righteous for whom it was laid up. Now, hold that thought of what all these verses imply, and let me interject now this. There is a principle hidden within these verses that as believers we need to comprehend. You see, church, it seems like the money on this earth is being controlled by the people who are in possession of it. But the spiritual truth is that while the Lord has allowed that for them to seemingly be in control of their money, in reality, God controls everything. And at any moment in time, he can cause money or anything else to move from one place to another. Look with me at this next verse, Ephesians 4, 4 and 6. There is one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. You see, what we have to understand as we continue here is that God's Spirit completely saturates and ultimately controls everything on this earth, even money. So back to our verse, Proverbs 13, 22. Let's look at that again. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. Now, the word there for wealth is a Hebrew word that simply means an abundance of financial resources. And that word for sinner there, some translations say the wicked, but it's a Hebrew word also that implies those that are living outside of the realm of God's covenant, those that are living and working to further their own kingdom or the enemy's kingdom. So what we need to know about this verse, Proverbs 13, 22, when it says the wealth of the sinner 
is stored up for the righteous, we need to know that these folks, these sinners, the non-believers in Jesus Christ and the financial resources that they think they are in control of are in actuality under God's control. And he can and he will at his appointed time do with that money exactly what he wants done. And what does he want done? Well, let's look at this next verse because I think it gives us a clue. It's Proverbs ten sixteen out of the Living Bible. And it says, the good man's earnings advance the cause of righteousness. The evil man squanders his on sin. Now, do you see the obvious difference there in the use of money that's earned between these two categories of people? The good man uses it for righteousness, but the evil man, the sinner, the wicked, waste it on sin, right? Well, if everything is under God's control, even money, which one of these uses do you think God would prefer for it to be used for righteousness, right? Church, that is why the wealth transfer is about to happen. Because God wants the money on the earth that has been being used for sin to be used instead for righteousness. But let's study this out further. I want us to see now the connection between this verse here and that that we just read, Proverbs 13.22. Proverbs 13.22 tells us the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. And this verse says, the good man uses his earnings to advance righteousness. So we could deduce from this that the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous because the righteous are the ones who will use it to advance righteousness. Amen. Okay, then the question we must address, address next is that if the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous, then who are the righteous? Well, church, that's us. Look with me at this next verse, 2 Corinthians 5.21. It's referring to Jesus here, and it says, God made him, Jesus, who had no sin, to be sin for us believers so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Here's what you really need to embrace today to make all of this work. Whether you feel like it or not, you are righteous in the eyes of God. And your feelings about yourself have nothing to do with it. You see, when you accepted Jesus as your Savior, his righteousness came into you, and that made you righteous. So, according to Proverbs 13.22, then, 
the wealth of the sinner church is right now stored up for you. And God wants you to know this so that you will do what you need to do to get it. Amen? However, let me just say right here that this is not the prosperity gospel of the 90s and the early 2000s. This is not, church, a name it, claim it, everyone should have a mansion and 10 luxury cars in the driveway message. Now, not that we don't honor those men and women who preached that. They were speaking from revelation that they had at the time. But do you know why I think that particular message never really worked? Because I believe that the majority of Christians are not mature enough to handle large amounts of money. They would destroy themselves with it. So please don't confuse this message with that. Because what I'm talking about here is a part of God's end-time plan to move large amounts of money out of the hands of those that aren't using it for good and into the hands of those that will, which I believe are mature, stable, grounded believers who can hear the voice of God and obey it. You see, the word of God says that God's people are to be blessed to be a blessing, right? So I feel this supernatural movement of money on the earth is not for us to live a life of extravagant, excessive luxury. Church, we'll live in luxury when we get to heaven. Amen? But this transfer of money is for the purpose of God's people using it to bless widows and orphans and single parents and children, to support churches that preach the gospel and ministries that do the work of the kingdom, to provide for missionaries who are risking their life to share the good news of Jesus in other countries. In other words, the wealth transfer into the hands of the righteous is for the ultimate purpose of advancing the righteousness of the kingdom of God on the earth. Now, that's, let's see, that's why the wealth transfer is going to happen, folks. But will we get blessed in the process? Sure we will. But that's not the primary purpose. However, it's a wonderful secondary benefit. Amen? So to get this thing activated, I believe, church, that we as the body of Christ need to begin to pray. And that's what this teaching is about. It's a prayer strategy that the Lord gave me to start moving the money into our hands. And I want you to just take this prayer strategy, tweak it any way you want, because it's not an exact formula. It's just the way that I chose to word all the concepts I'm about to show you. So you make it yours and you pray it however you feel comfortable. Amen. Now, I want to interject a message that this whole theory that I have here was originally birthed out of, out of a prophetic vision that I had in 2016. 
And I know that many of you here have heard that story, but let me repeat it for those that haven't. On the morning of July the 9th, 2016, I was having my quiet time. And I was praying, I was reading my Bible, thinking about some things and worshiping the Lord. When all of a sudden, sudden I was caught up to heaven in a vision. And let me show you my feeble attempt to recreate what I saw in a PowerPoint slide. Forgive me, okay? But in this vision, church, I saw myself standing on what looked like a floor of clouds. And then I sensed that Jesus was standing next to me. And I didn't turn and see his face, but I looked, as I was looking at the clouds, I could see his robe right here. And I, then I saw it like slightly move, like a breeze had hit it. And I'm, there's got to be something about that. And I don't know what it is, but I remember speci- specifically seeing that robe move. But then I looked in front of me and I saw treasure chest. And they were those old timey treasure chests like you'd see in a pirate movie, okay, which is not anything that I in my own mind would think of if I was making this up and I was talking about money I would have debit cards or dollar bills all right not treasure chest but that is what I saw in this prophetic experience and they were lined up end to end to end to end just as far as I could see And I could see that they were open like this. And there was gold coins piled in each one of them, just as much as each treasure chest could hold. And then Jesus did his hand towards the treasure chest. And he said to me three things. He said, all this is for my people. Bring it to them. Their kingship will draw it forth. And then I was back in my room, and I was sitting there with my Bible, and I was like, whoa, what was all that, okay? And I pondered and pondered and pondered on that for a long, long time. But here's the deal. Months and months and months and months after the vision, I read that same verse that we've been talking about, Proverbs 13, 22, out of the Passion Translation. And it reads like this. The benevolent man leads an inheritance that endures to his children's children. But the wealth of the wicked is treasured up for the righteous. Now, church, I realize that this sounds crazy. And you don't have to believe me if you don't want to. But I am convinced that what I saw in that vision was the spiritual form up in heaven of the abundant financial provision that God has stored up for each and every one of you. And I believe because of that, with all my heart, I believe that right now there is money earmarked, designated, assigned on this earth to ultimately belong to each of you. And it's just waiting for you to pray so that the spiritual power will be released to move that provision out of heaven's spirit realm 
into its natural equivalent of real earthly dollars that are already predestined by the Lord to be in your possession on the earth. That church is what this prayer strategy is all about. It's about you getting the financial provision that God has already ordained for you to have that right now is in someone else's hands. Listen, I saw these treasure chests filled with gold coins. And the Lord said, all this is for my people. So church, we don't want to die and go to heaven and stand before God and have him say, well, look, you did really good. But I had all this money set aside for you with your name on it, but you never prayed. Amen. We don't want that to happen. So that's why I believe we need to begin to pray. And realize, guys, that this could come to you in a zillion different ways. God could drop a million-dollar idea in your head on the way home from church today that people around the world through the Internet would flock to to buy. He could give you a concept for a business that supplies a product or a service that would be the next big thing that people will think they can't live without. He could make a long-lost uncle that you didn't even know you had leave you his entire estate in his will. Or he could cause you to move up the ladder in your job situation to where one day you're running the whole company and making a really good salary. Amen. Church, there are tons of ways that God could move money into your hands. So don't try to figure out the how. Just start praying for the wealth to move and then just follow his lead to participate in his plan. Amen? Because you have to realize God wants the money on this earth in the hands of righteous people. But a lot of times, God can't do anything until we pray. So with that said, now let's look at the prayer. If you're watching online, I'll be reading it, and also we're going to have it on the slide so you can write it down or you can just listen. Did everyone get one of these? Thank you, Mr. Scott. Okay, so look with me now at your prayer. And if you look, we'll have it right up here. And it goes like this. Father, in the name of Jesus. I decree that Proverbs 13.22 says the wealth of the wicked is right now stored up for the righteous. And Lord, 2 Corinthians 5, that's supposed to be 5.21, y'all. That was a typo. I'm sorry. 2 Corinthians 5.21 reveals that I am now made righteous through Christ. Okay, stop. Now, all you're doing here is praying the truth of the word of God that we just went over, right? You've got to understand, church, God loves it when you pray the word. And it is one of the most effective forms of prayer. And we know that Isaiah 55, 11 says that the word will not return void, right? Okay, now next, you're going to begin the process of getting the money moving. And you do that by simply using your authority. 
authority through Christ. Luke 10, 19 tells us that Jesus gave his authority, gave us his authority, right? And he wants us to use our authority when we pray, correct? He doesn't want us to beg. He wants us to rule and to reign and to walk in our dominion with bold prayers on the earth. Amen. So we will continue this prayer by saying something like this. Therefore, with the authority I have through the power of the shed blood of Jesus Christ, I command that wealth to come to me now in Jesus' name. Wealth come forth in Jesus' name. Okay, stop right there. I want to remind you that in John eleven forty three we read that Jesus came to the tomb of Lazarus after Lazarus had been dead for three days. How many of us have some dead finances? Amen? So when Jesus stood at Lazarus' tomb, what did he do? He spoke, right? He called Lazarus to him. He said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came forth. Amen? Well, are we not told over and over in the Word of God that we as believers can do the same things that Jesus did? Okay, then can we not command things to come forth as well? You bet we can. Church, you have to realize that the things on this earth must respond to the Word of God and the voice of God spoken through a believer every single time and if the word says in mark 11 that we can speak to a mountain and command it to move then we can speak to money and command it to move as well amen especially when it's god's will to put money into good people's hands all right then at this point I want to expand a bit upon that third thing that Jesus said to me in that prophetic experience that I had. If you remember, he said to me three things. He said, all this is for my people. Bring it to them. And then he said, their kingship will draw it forth. Church, I need you to fully understand today that when you were born again, Jesus' kingship came in to dwell in your spirit man. You see, when you accepted Jesus, the king of kings, all of his royal, majestic, spiritual kingship came inside of you too. He is a king, so if he's in you, his kingship is in there also. It's a package deal. When you receive the king, the king brings his kingship with him to dwell inside your spirit man. And why is this important? Oh, there's tons of reasons why it's important. But in this context of how it relates to money, let me explain it to you like this. Do you remember the Christmas story of the wise men coming to visit baby Jesus? Let's look at that now. It's Matthew 2, uh, verse 1, 9, and 11. It says, now 
after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Then dropping down to nine, it says, And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and it stood over where the young child was. Verse 11, And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, we know that this is a wonderful story, but I need you to understand today that there is much more to this than meets the eye. You see, I believe what the wise men were doing here was more than just honoring a baby. They were showing us a spiritual principle. And to catch that principle, we need to look behind the scenes and see that this wasn't just an ordinary natural event. It was a supernatural event. Because what we find here is that there was a star that appeared in the sky, and this star supernaturally moved day and night, day and night, day and night, for what may have been two to three years, scholars say, because that's about how long it actually took the wise men to make this journey. So you've got these wise men, these scientists, the scholars of that time, making this huge trip, possibly thousands of miles, and they were being led supernaturally by a moving, bright object in the sky. And look, it seemed like just a natural event. To the world around them, it looked like there were just these men bringing all this gold in a caravan to a baby. It looked like that church because that's how God works. God works supernaturally through the natural. So let's catch this and apply it to our wealth transfer. God works in the invisible spirit realm to make things happen in the visible natural realm. He uses natural looking circumstances, but behind the scenes, there are spiritual forces and spiritual principles directing these natural circumstances. And that's what we have playing out here in this passage about the wise men bringing this wealth. These wise men were supernaturally led and supernaturally compelled to leave everything they had and bring tremendous amounts of wealth to a baby they didn't even know. And it wasn't just three little bitty boxes. Study it out. It was a huge caravan with camels and camels and camels and camels loaded down with gold and all these expensive spices. 
And while it looked natural, it was supernatural. And church, I believe the wealth transfer that's coming will work the same way. It will seem to come through natural-looking events, but behind the scenes, in the spirit realm, the Lord will be causing people and circumstances to be supernaturally led and supernaturally compelled to in some way cause abundant financial provision to come into your hands. Are you okay with that? Okay, let's take the same passage and dig into it a little further. It says in verse 2 there that they said, where is he who is born king of the Jews, right? Now, we could argue this a lot of different ways. But the bottom line is, is that Jesus was not just an earthly king. He was a heavenly king. And he wasn't just a natural king. He was and he is a supernatural king, correct? Because church, a supernaturally moving star would not have supernaturally led these men to bring wealth to just some normal earthly king, right? Now these now men bring gifts to earthly kings, sure, absolutely. But has this type of supernatural event of a moving, traveling star ever happened when a regular earthly king was born? No. This supernatural event happened and was recorded in the word of God to be read down through the ages for a purpose. Jesus, the king of kings, God's divine royal son, the king of heaven had come to earth in the body of this little baby. So what we see in the story of the wise men is this, that Jesus, heaven's supernatural king, barely even got into this earth's realm good before huge amounts of wealth supernaturally through the natural came to him. Because in reality, the wise men weren't being supernaturally led and compelled to bring wealth to a natural king. They were being supernaturally led and compelled to bring wealth to a spiritual king. Jesus' spiritual kingship had arrived on the earth, and that caused wealth to be supernaturally obligated to come to him. And why is that so, church? Because on this earth, money is a representation of work. And the analogy I like to use is of a car. If I buy an old junky car, it won't cost much. It won't take much money to buy it because it's not worth much, right? But if I buy a top-of-the-line Mercedes with all the bells and whistles, it will cost more. It will take more money because it's worth more, right? 
Church, that's what money is and does in this earth's realm. It's just a fact of life. Money in this earth's realm is used to validate and express the degree of something's worth. So here's the deal. There is nothing worth more than Jesus' kingship. Amen? There is nothing more valuable in this world or the next than Jesus' kingship. All of heaven revolves around his throne. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords, and his worth in earthly dollars would equate to every penny on the face of this earth and more, right? Then what you need to know is that what the wise men were showing us is this spiritual truth, that money in this earth's realm is supernaturally drawn to Jesus' kingship because Jesus' worth attracts the wealth of the earth. Ow! Let me show it to you like this. I'll put it over here. You moved my box, my Amazon box. Okay. This is the wealth of the world. All righty? This is Jesus' kingship. Church, this comes to this every time. Because this is worth more than anything else on the earth. And since in this earth's realm, money validates worth, and because money is subject Two, the invisible laws of God's kingdom, when you acknowledge the kingship of Jesus, it has money magnet drawing for power. Look with me at this next verse. John 12, 32 says, If I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all things to my Self. Church, Jesus has drawing power. Jesus has magnetism. And his kingship draws forth money, not only because of its value, but also because, well, have you ever heard of a poor king? Probably the most distinct trait of any king is the abundant financial provision given to him by his kingdom, right? Well, do you think, church, that Jesus' kingship would experience anything less? No. I believe that's why Jesus said to me, their kingship will draw it forth. Because Jesus' kingship is inside of you, and that makes it yours. And it's his kingship in this earth's realm that has money magnet drawing forth power because kings have wealth. Jesus wants you to be aware, church, that you are carrying inside of you the most valuable thing in the universe, 
Jesus' kingship because it's not only the key to drawing forth abundant financial provision, but it's also the key to knowing who you truly are in Christ. But that's a different lesson. (laughs) So let's look at that prayer again. The next thing I suggest you say is this. Wealth, I command you to come to the kingship of Jesus inside of me now in Jesus' name. Now, when you say this, let me suggest you make a little suggestion. I want to suggest that you close your eyes and you think about Jesus' kingship being inside of you, okay? Just kind of feel it there as you're praying. Stir it up with your mind and your imagination. Kind of activate it with your belief. Jesus, you're in me. You're a king. You're inside of me. And then let me suggest, too, that you, in your mind's eye as you're praying this, see those wise men on those camels that are loaded down with wealth coming towards you. We know that really happened, right? Well, guess what? That same baby King Jesus that they brought wealth to back then is inside of you right now except for now he's in spirit form and he's all grown up. Amen. Now here's another point I want to share. I think a big part of why we don't have the financial blessings that we could have as believers is because the enemy has convinced us subconsciously that we in ourselves are not worthy of having wealth. Maybe we've done some things in the past that the devil torments us with. Or we just never feel confident because we've dealt with low self-esteem all of our lives. I don't know all the specifics of all of our issues, but I feel a lot of times as believers, we are content to just barely make it because deep down, we feel we don't deserve to be blessed. Well, here's where we flip the switch on the enemy, church. While, yes, we can agree that none of us are worthy of anything, really, because we've all sinned and we all deserve hell, right? Well, if we can agree on that, can we also agree that while we are not worthy, Jesus is worthy? That the kingship of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is worthy? And that it's way more valuable than all the money on the face of this earth? See, church, this is something I really need you to catch here. Commanding the wealth to come to Jesus' kingship that's in you takes you out of the equation as far as worthiness goes. And I think it gives us a key to the end-time wealth transfer, which is this. The wealth transfer is not so much about money on the earth being transferred to you as much as it is about money on the earth being transferred to Jesus, the king who is in you. He alone is worthy. He alone deserves to have all that he bought back on this earth through his death and his resurrection, right? However, on this earth, God works through people. 
So while it's actually coming to Jesus, it will be your hands and your life as a carrier of Jesus that gets to enjoy and use the well. You see, we're coming full circle here, church. God's original people, Adam and Eve, were given abundance. And God's end-time people, us, will be given abundance as well. Because we are the body of Christ here on the earth. We are his hands and his feet down here. And Jesus gave his life to buy back everything on the earth that the curse had affected, including the wealth of the world. And now that wealth is being placed back into his hands through us. I believe the right mindset for the wealth transfer to occur in your life is a mindset that knows this. It's actually his power drawing forth the money that is in reality coming to him inside of you. And you are just the middleman. You're going to just be the manager or the steward of the increase who will be paid very well to use it as he directs. Do you see the difference between what's been taught in the past and this message? It's not, gimme, 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 my name is Jimmy. It's, Lord, I command the wealth of the wicked that is being wasted on sin to come to the you in me so that you, through me, can bless others. We can help the widows and the orphans, the poor, the needy, the homeless. We can support the churches and the ministries that are doing your work here on the earth. Can you see the shift there, folks? It's not about building bigger barns. It's about building the kingdom of God while getting to enjoy the benefits of being financially able to do so. So back to the prayer. Again, as you pray this part, you'll say, Wealth, I command you to come to the kingship of Jesus now in Jesus' name. And then you'll see in your mind's eye those camels with the wealth coming towards you because they're coming to Jesus the King who's inside of you. And then, church, you'll just receive on his behalf. You see, you'll say something like this. I receive the wealth, Lord. I receive, I receive, I receive. And let me say this about that. We need to realize, church, that receiving is a huge part of praying that we don't focus on enough. Think about it like this. Before you were born again, Salvation was available to you in the invisible spirit realm, right? Jesus and his finished work on the cross was already done, already available, already out there, just waiting for you to acknowledge him and receive him into your heart and life, correct? So the minute that you said, Jesus, I receive you as my Savior, what happened? 
He went from being out here to being in here. When you said by an act of your will, I receive you, movement took place in the invisible spirit realm. Your purposeful act of receiving Christ caused the invisible spiritual substance of Jesus' salvation to come forth. Remember, salvation doesn't become yours until you receive it. Correct? Well, that's the same principle we are going to use here, folks. Receiving pulls it in. Receiving draws it forth. Look, he's not even looking. I'm doing this fishing metaphor, and he's not receiving. Okay? Receiving pulls it in. Receiving, church, is your part in obtaining the finished work of Christ. So my suggestion is that you pray this prayer every day, and then as you go about your day, just continue to receive it. Lord, I receive wealth. I receive, oh, I receive, I receive. Feel it moving every time you receive, okay? I receive. And then, church, when you think about your money problems, when you think about your bills, when you think about how scary things look with the economy, turn the tables on the devil and make it big. Ramp it up. Oh, Lord, I receive that wealth. I receive that wealth, Lord. I receive it, I receive it, and then begin to praise him. Thank you, Jesus, Lord. I worship you. I thank you, Lord. I receive in Jesus' name. Amen? Can you do that with me? Okay, let's stand, and we're going to pray this together. Now, I want to pray this in sections, and I'm going to say a part, and I want you guys to repeat it after me as we say it, because I want you guys to know there is tremendous power in agreement, right? And we're going to agree together that all of us begin to experience the wealth that Jesus has stored up for us in heaven to manifest in our lives. And after we pray, I want us to take a couple of minutes to just receive, just a few seconds to receive Because I am believing God that his financial glory is going to come into this place. You remember in Acts 2, it says they waited and the Holy Spirit came in as a rushing mighty wind. I am believing God that the financial glory is going to come in. So believe with me for that, okay? So if you would just lift your hands with me and repeat after me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I decree that Proverbs 13.22 says, The wealth of the wicked is right now stored up for the righteous. And Lord, 2 Corinthians 5.21 reveals, I am now made righteous through Christ. Therefore, with the authority I have, through the power of the shed blood of Jesus Christ, 
I command that wealth to come to me now in Jesus' name. Wealth, come forth in Jesus' name. Wealth, I command you to come to the kingship of Jesus inside of me. Now in Jesus' name. I receive the wealth, Lord. I receive, I receive, I receive. Thank you, Jesus. I worship you, Lord. Amen and amen. Now, if you would, just keep your hands up. Let's just praise the Lord just for a second, okay? Just thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You're a good, good God. You are a good God, Lord. You are a God of justice. I speak forth the spirit of justice coming into this place right now. In Jesus' name, Lord, wrongs will be made right in Jesus' mighty name. Father God, I ask that you release your financial glory in this place, dear God. Lord, I speak forth money miracles in our lives, Lord. Miracle money out of nowhere, Lord. Money in pockets. Money in purses, Lord. Money in bank accounts, Lord. If you could put a gold coin in a fish's mouth, Lord, you can put money in our lives supernaturally, dear God. And Father God, I ask that you send your financial angels now, financial angels now, Lord, to walk up and down these aisles, dear God. Oh, Lord, I ask that you send your financial angels to touch your people with financial power for increase, Lord. Lord, I speak forth increase, 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 increase into every life, dear God. Lord, I speak forth supernatural debt removal in Jesus' name, dear God. Lord, I speak forth credit cards paid off in full, in Jesus' name. I speak forth all cars paid off in full in Jesus' name. Lord, I speak forth houses paid off in full in Jesus' name. Lord, and I speak forth home ownership for those that want homes in Jesus' name, dear God. Lord, we release in agreement, Lord, your power for increase upon our lives, dear God. Lord, I call our finances blessed. Lord, I apply the blood of Jesus to our finances right now, Lord, and we decree the power of the blood of Jesus is breaking every curse off of our finances. Spirit of poverty, spirit of lack, spirit of debt, and spirit of financial oppression. You are broken off the people of God now in Jesus' mighty name, dear God. Lord, we impart the majesty of God into our finances, Lord. And we call forth increase, Lord, supernatural increase, Lord. We call forth raises, bonuses, new jobs, dear God. We call forth checks in the mail, Lord. We call forth all kinds of unexpected ways, Lord. And, Lord, we just honor you now, and we decree before it even comes, dear God, that we will honor you. We will listen to you. We will be a good steward of the increase, and we will give 
and bless and plant seeds as you direct us to, dear God. Lord, we will tithe off the increase, Lord. We will support churches and ministries that are doing your work, dear God. Lord, we just praise you that you have chosen people to work through, Lord. So, Lord, we give you our hands, dear God, to be financial distributors here on the earth in these last days, Lord. We thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. I, I greatly appreciate that message. Amen. Do you receive it today? Amen. Amen. Um, I want to share with you something that, real quick. I know it's late. I'm sorry. Well, no, I'm not sorry, but um, <laughs> it is what it is. Um, but I want to share this thought with you. Um, I heard this last night, and and I want you to, I just want to just dump this on you, and then I'm going to come back next week. It was said last night prophetically that it's time for us to elevate our hearts above our heads. It's time for us to elevate our hearts above our heads. And so if, if you're operating from the mindset of, um, head experience and you can't receive a word that Pastor Peggy just released but if you're operating from your heart then you're able to receive it if all you sat there and all you could think of was I can't believe they're talking about money then you're operating from your head and not your heart and that's a very powerful message for now uh, last week Apostle Scott Kuhn mentioned the end time wealth transfer. And so God is, there's, 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 it, Chuck Pierce used to tell us, follow the trail of the Holy Spirit. And if you follow the trail of the Holy Spirit, you'll never be disappointed because Scott began it and then Pastor Peggy came and released it. So God is doing something with finances. God is doing something with finances. So I want you to get excited because you're going to begin to see increase where there was multiple, where there was subtraction. An increase, I'm talking about multiplication. I'm not talking about addition. It's multiplication. That's the season we're in where God is saying, you know what? I'm not going to give you a little bit. I'm the God of more than enough. I'm the God of abundance. I'm the God of overflow. So that means you're not going to get just what you need. You can get more than what you need so you can be a blessing to somebody else. Father, we thank you for this message today. We thank you that for what you are doing in our nation I know you're moving, and I know you're moving throughout our community. You're moving in our in our lives and in our church, Father. You're healing our bodies. You're healing our finances. And, Father, we're so grateful and we're so thankful. And Father, as we leave today, Father, let this word penetrate our hearts. Let us, let us receive it by faith and begin to operate from a, a higher perspective when it comes to our finances. And Father, let us believe. Let us not just just uh, know in our head, but believe in our hearts 
that Father, that your abundance comes to us now, that your the wealth that's stored up for us, Father, comes to us now. We thank you for it today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Well, I love you so much. If you need prayer, I want you to come this way. Hope to see you next Sunday, 1030. We bring somebody that needs a touch from the Lord. I got a brand new message I'm going to release to you. It's going to be a good day in the Lord. God bless you. We'll see you. Yeah. Can, I, can you what? Yeah. Hey, real quick, guys. I know that we're heading out the door, but before you do, I just want to share on this wealth transfer thing. I just want to share a testimony of what God's been doing in my life. And Clint can attest to it, too. He was with me whenever it happened. But this whole thing about, you know, God has given us a heart to give. He not only wants us to give, he, does, he doesn't only want us just to give um, just so that the church can be fueled, just so that pastors can be paid. There's such a dynamic blessing that God wants to bless us that when we can grasp this revelationally and say, yeah, okay, God, I get it. I understand it in my head, like he was saying, but there's a heart knowledge. It's not just a head knowledge, but a heart knowledge. So I was in this place of uh, uh, I'm actually going back to school. I'm not working as many hours. I'm not making as much money. So things are kind of tight with Montana. But we've always just said, God, we trust you with the finances. We're going to continue to tithe. We're going to continue to give. The other day, I went out and I took out, I think it was like the last like 80 bucks that we had. And I, and I texted her and I said, hey, I'm just going to bless somebody with this. Just trust God. And that's all I sent to her. Right after that, the Lord laid it on my heart to give it to Clint. I gave the money to Clint. One minute later, I got a text message from uh, the school. And they said, hey, uh, you have a refund check to come pick up. I'm not expecting it. I'm not supposed to have a refund check. Not supposed to be anywhere near me at all but God. So I was thinking, okay, it's going to be $5 check, you know, something that I paid for books or something like that. So I went and picked it up, and it was over $500 check. For me being obedient to the Father and saying, God, I'm going to use this money for your kingdom to bless other people. And when you step out in faith and you say, God, I have nowhere else to go. I have no other source but you, Father, but I'm going to use this for your goodwill to bless somebody else. He says, I'm going to give it to you tenfold, twentyfold, fiftyfold. It's the whole point of actually taking it from the head and going to the heart and saying, God, I trust you with it. Amen. Thank you so much. We love you guys. God bless you. If you need prayer, come